Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO, and in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. Today's guest is Michelle Seeler Tucker. She is the founder and CEO of Seeler Tucker Incorporated. She holds the M and AMI title as well as certified mergers and acquisitions professional and certified senior business analyst. Michelle also owns many other businesses in several different industries. As a 20-year veteran in the M&A industry, she is regarded as the leading authority on buying, selling, fixing, and growing businesses. Her and her firm have sold over a thousand businesses in almost every vertical and have a remarkable track record of success. I'm so excited to talk with her today. And if you're listening today and you own a business, which most of you are, ladies, You don't hear women talking enough about scaling and selling and setting up your business to actually do those two things. And so Michelle, you are an expert. (laughs) It's amazing. Like how many businesses and how many acquisitions you've done? Like it's so awesome and it's not talked about or shared. And I know you have a new book. And so I want to talk about that in a few minutes, but before we even dive in, Can you share with our listeners a little bit about your background, your journey? Like, how have you gotten to where you are today? Always, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always owned different businesses and different verticals. I did um, go to work for corporate America. I went to work for Xerox for a short period of time. Very short. They actually recruited me from their competitor. And um, I ended up leaving Xerox and going into franchise sales, franchise development, franchise consulting. And I ended up being a partner with a few different franchisors. And then I really got tired of saying no, 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 because I believe in law of attraction. And so I like saying yes, yes, yes. And I kept saying no, because buyers wanted to buy an existing business. They didn't want to buy a franchise. So because I was only doing franchise sales, I didn't have any existing businesses. So I said to myself one day, I'm like, why do I keep saying no, no, no? I should be saying yes. I should just open up an M&A firm. That's what I did. You know, that's really how it all transpired. And so then I opened up my M&A firm. At first I started, you know, selling small companies and then very quickly sold large businesses, 10 million and up. But I learned very quickly that what Steve Forbes says is true the eight out of 10 businesses will not sell. 80% Mm -hmm. of businesses will never close. So then I thought to myself, gosh, if I don't fix them, if I don't tweak them, grow them, put them on a build to sell plan, then I'm going to starve to death. So that's what I did. I really started specializing in buying, selling, fixing, growing. I partnered with business owners, investing my money, time, expertise, resources. I um, also buy businesses and flip them. 
plus we do mergers and acquisitions and we sell companies. In fact, we've sold over a thousand businesses to date and we do lots of valuations, business evaluations. We have, I have about 98% closing rate and we, um, you know, on average obtain a 20 to 40% higher selling price for our clients. Which is amazing. You guys like it, it's, it's incredible. So are there specific types of industries that you look for to go in and flip a business and get it ready to sell? Or can you pretty much go into any industry and know what, what the need is? So I can, so I, that, that answer is different for different things. As far as selling businesses, we're industry agnostic. So we can sell every industry. We've pretty much I probably sold a business in every single vertical there is. <laughs> I don't know if there's any verticals we haven't sold at least one business in. Um, as far as partnering, there's businesses I won't do. I, I won't do restaurants. Okay. You know, um, I'm not big into retail. I'm not big into things like that. If I'm going to partner, I would rather partner in a business that services a niche, something different, you know, that has a unique selling proposition. Um, and then I've got to be, I'm very selective about not only the industry, but also very selective about the partners who I'm going into business with. Are they coachable? You know, can I train them? And um, will they listen? <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. know if you've ever watched a profit, the profit with Marcus. I love Marcus. <laughs> but, yep. you know, they don't listen to him. <laughs> and I found, you know, kind of the same thing that you'll never grow a business beyond what you can grow the owner. So right. you really got to be able to grow that owner. And if you don't have the patience and the ability to grow the owner, you'll never grow the business. Amen. Amen. <laughs> like it's, it's so true. And Marcus and doesn't really grow the owner. You know, he, he right. butts his head up against the wall because they're not listening and they're not listening because he's not really, putting the time, energy, and effort into them. He's putting more into the business. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And you know, you hear the saying, it's like, it starts from the top and it trickles right. down. Like right. you've got to have the, the leadership and the mindset in place before it's going to trickle down. Would right. you say one of the biggest mistakes that business owners make is to not go into a business with the mindset of scaling and growing it? I would say that's absolutely the biggest mistake that they make because business owners are so close to their business. You know, they, they're working in their business, not on it. In many cases, business owners have created a glorified job and wish to go to work at every day versus a business that actually works for them. And they think of it as their baby, mm -hmm. you know? And so they really don't put, you know, we talk about an exit rich, how to build your business with the infrastructure on the six P's. They don't really focus on building that infrastructure. They focus on sell, sell, sells, get the clients through the door, get money coming in. But unless you have a solid infrastructure on what I call the six Ps, your business is not going to be sustainable and it's certainly not going to be scalable. So 80% of businesses don't sell because business owners never think about, hey, I need to build this as a sellable asset. <laughs> you know, they're taking money out of it. They're living out of it. And so they really need to go into, they don't really think about selling until like a catastrophic event has occurred. Internal, yep. you know, health issues, partner di partners dispute, divorce, death. I mean, I had a sweet little old lady call us a couple of months ago that wanted to sell 
because her husband dropped dead of a heart attack unexpectedly. Oh my gosh. And left her with a mountain of debt. But when I started asking her all these questions, he owns a construction company, he had all subcontractors. He didn't have any employees. He had no processes, you know, no procedures in place. Everything was in his head. So when he died, the business died. So yep. that business owners don't think about selling until that catastrophic event occurs. And they don't set, they don't think about setting up their family for success. If something was to happen to them, is my family taken care of? Do I have a key man insurance policy? Do I have an exit strategy? Do I, you know, that's what they really need to start thinking about. And that's the number one reason businesses don't sell. Yeah. And I find that, I mean, just unless you, even if you went to school for entrepreneurship, which back when I was in college, that really didn't exist. And so it's like, they're not teaching us as entrepreneurs and business owners and leaders, how to build a business, don't get so connected to it. And it's like, we're just thrown out there. And then I know I, I kind of had to learn the hard way, but one of the reasons that I'm sure you were inspired to do this new book that you have exit rich was, was that it is like, I need to teach people and let people know, like, how they can think differently rather than what you're taught in school. Can they read the book and, and walk away saying, okay, now I have the mindset of setting this up and thinking differently and having that mindset. They, they really can. And, you know, a couple of things I want to say to that, um, they really can. A gentleman just wrote us a letter who bought exit rich and we're, you know, we're in the middle of pre-launch. So he bought the book. We sent him the PDF. He read the book. He sent us a letter today saying, I've been in business 20 years. Said, I heard you speak on a, a business podcast I was on. And he said, I read the entire book. He said, I now know what to do. <laughs> I've been in That's business amazing. 20 years and I had no idea what I was doing. So he says, now I'm getting all my P's in order because I talk about the six P's. I'm building my infrastructure. I'm getting all the P's in order. I'm getting my proprietary taken care of. I'm making sure I have the right people in the right place. And he says, I want to sell in two to three years. Thank you. You've put me on the right path. I had no idea what to do before. That is one gentleman. So Exit Rich really is like Steve Forbes says, Exit Rich is a goldmine for those entrepreneurs that truly want to, um, you know, be successful and not leave so much money on the table because that's what happened. So many business owners are exiting poor. You know, mm -hmm. when I wrote Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth in 2013 and did the research, I learned back then that 85 to 95% of all startups will go out of business, right? Yep. The first one to five years are the most risky. But yep. then when I wrote Exit Rich in 2019 and 2020, I did the exact same research and realized that the business landscape has flip-flopped. So now it's only 30% of startups will go out of business, only 30%. So this is great news for startups. However, yep. out of 27.6 million companies, those businesses have been in business 10 years or longer, 70% of them will go out of business, 70. So you see wow. how it flip-flops. So it used to be you've been in business for five, six, 10 years, you're going and you're going to be in business forever. Not anymore. So mm -hmm. it has completely flip-flopped. You hear about the big, you know, box public companies and the media like Toys R Us goes out of business after being in business 75 years. Kmart, Steinmart, JCPenney's, Montgomery Ward, you know, GNC is closing down. 
1,900 locations. Godiva is closing down, I think, 1,500 locations. But you're not hearing about all the private companies that are being forced to sell for pennies on the dollar, close their business, or even worse, file bankruptcy. So that's what Exit Rich does, is it really addresses how to build that sell. You might not even think about selling right now, and that's okay. However, you need to plan your exit. You need to still have a plan so that you, and I call this the STGPS exit plan, so that you can build your business with that end in mind and then build it on the infrastructure so it is sustainable, so it is scalable, so when you're ready, it is sellable and you won't become a part of a statistic. The reason that these 70% of businesses are going out of business is because business owners stop doing what I call AIM. AIM, always innovate and market. <laughs> Always innovate market. Toys R Us didn't do anything different for 75 years. Blockbuster saw Netflix had an opportunity to buy Netflix and did nothing. And now they wonder why they're out of business. Mm -hmm. So Exit Rich walks business owners from A to Z as far as how to plan your exit from the beginning, follow the STGPS exit model, build for the specific criteria. There's five different types of buyers identify what type of buyer is, is best for your business. Um, and then also what type of business do you own? And then it also takes you through the seller's mindset. When should you sell? You know, what is your seller sanity check? What do you want to walk away with? And of course it takes them through the six P's, how to evaluate, how to negotiate, how to create a bidding war and get a higher price for their business and actually close. And then not only that, but because it's not what I sell your business for, it's what you walk away with. So mm -hmm. how to park your money where you're not paying huge capital gains. Mm -hmm. I would love for you to dive more into like the six P's and what people need to be thinking about as they're, well, you guys just need to get the book first off and read the book. And we'll, we'll put that in the show notes for everybody on how they, that they can get sure, it. And then at the end of the show, I'll tell, I'll tell your listeners the extra goodies, the extra golden right. nuggets that they get now if they buy and pre-sell. That's awesome. But can you take us deeper and tell us a little bit sure. more about what are those six P's and how did you come up with that? So how did I come up with it? It's, it's my 20 plus years of experience being in business and not just selling businesses, but owning my own businesses. So first and foremost, you know, it's being in the trenches, but the first P is, is people. Because the number one reason businesses don't sell is because business owners don't plan their exit. The number two reason that businesses don't sell is because a business is a thousand percent dependent upon the owner. I take that owner out of the business, there is no business. You nope. know, we have a dentist that came to us that wants to sell. One dental, one dentist, three dental hygienists, been in business for 45 years. And I said, look, I can sell your business, but you're going to have to stay on for two to three years. He's like, honey, I'm not staying on. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I said, well, then I'm not going to be able to sell your business because when you leave, the patients leave. Yep. So the first P is people. Yep. You don't build a business, you build people and people build the business. Yep. So you got to make sure you have the right people in the right seats. And you got to ask the who question, who opens the door, who does, who handles customer service, who um, handles marketing, legal, accounting, logistics, manufacturing, you know, all of these different things that have to be done in your corporation. The clue here is that you should never be next to the who. So that's people. Also, you need to have a layer of management. Business owners are the visionary. They're not entrepreneurs. They should be working on the business 
You should have that layer of management and then everybody else working in the business. Mm -hmm. Second P is product. So product is your industry. So you have to ask yourself, is your product, your industry on the way up, on the way out, the thriving, dying? Do you have an Amazon or do you have a blockbuster? Yep. And this is where most businesses fail. So when it's 70% of businesses go out of business, it's because their industry, their product is dying. You're either growing or dying. So this is where innovation is key. So I always get my clients to ask these three questions. Amazon did this back in the 90s. They asked themselves, what business are we in? And they said, oh, we sell books. Mm -hmm. We're in a book selling business. Yep. And they're like, well, what do we do really, really well? Better than anybody else. And they said, we do fulfillment better than anybody else. And then the third question, the obvious question is, what business should we be in? Mm -hmm. And I said, we should be in the fulfillment business. Mm -hmm. Those three questions, as simple as they sound, transformed Amazon from the small bookseller to the multi-billion dollar worldwide conglomerate that they are today. So everyone, every business owner should really look at their, their business and ask themselves this question, you know, because a lot of business owners get stuck doing things the way they've always done them. Well, consumer buying habits have changed. Totally. Consumers don't buy things the way they used to, especially now with the pandemic. No. You know, Amazon changed the way that we, we purchase products way before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now the pandemic has changed the way we buy groceries. So <laughs> business owners have Amazon. to adapt. They have yes. to pivot. They have to ask your clients, what do you need? What do you want? How can I better serve you? How can I make it easier for you to do business with us? Because here's the bottom line. Anyone that makes it easiest for the consumer to purchase products and service is the company that's winning. Amazon winning because they make it so easy to purchase anything and have it delivered in two days. Yep. And we don't want to wait for things. (laughs) The third P is processes. Processes. So processes are kind of like exit strategy. <laughs> Business owners don't really think about it until something bad happens. And then they're like, oh, we need a process for that. You know, we were once selling a manufacturing company and there was an injury on the manufacturing floor. Uh, one of the employees got hurt. It was a catastrophic event. Lawsuits were coming down. They were going to go out of business, file bankruptcy, <laughs> and they were not sellable anymore. And the owner looked at me and says, you know, we really need a health and safety process for the manufacturing floor. And I'm like, you think? Yeah. <laughs> you needed that before. It's a little late for that. So processes yeah. really should be designed from the beginning. They should be designed with the customer experience in mind. You know, McDonald's, the McDonald brothers who started McDonald's mm-hmm. back in the 40s said, we want to design a fast food restaurant around the customer experience. We want the customers to experience great tasting food that's hot, fast. So even though that was back in the 40s, no matter which McDonald's you eat at all over the world, you're going to get pretty good tasting food that's hot and fast. Mm-hmm. Not the best customer service, <laughs> not necessarily organic or healthy, but they design their processes around the customer experience. Most business owners, many business owners, design their processes around their own agenda, creating a negative customer experience. So you really want the processes to be designed with the customer experience in mind, number one. And number two, it's got to be productive. It's got to be efficient. 
got to be well documented. You have to have those policy and procedure manuals, those SOP checklists, employee handbooks, non-competes, contracts, et cetera. Absolutely. If you don't have those things, you, a lot of people that I know, they do what you exactly just said. It's like, oh shit, something happened. So we need to create something around it. Yeah. So, you know, stop the oh shit moment. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And do it from the beginning. So the fourth P, which is really the highest value driver, this will take you from so businesses that are under a million dollars in EBITDA, EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. Those businesses will typically trade for four under multiple. So anywhere between one to four. Businesses over a million dollars in EBITDA will typically trade for five and above. Now, if you want to get a higher multiple, six, seven, eight, ten, you got to build these proprietary assets. So this P is proprietary. There are six pillars to proprietary. This P takes me the longest. Yeah. So there are six pillars to it. Number one is branding. The more well-branded your company is, the more I can sell it for. As long as your brand is relevant in the mind of the consumers. Is anybody paying any money for Blockbuster? No. no. Womp womp. Well, well, the, the, the most valuable brand in the world right now, do you know who that is? Oh, is it Amazon or Apple? Disney? Apple. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I Apple love is my Apple 240. Stuff. So Amazon's in the top 10. Disney's in the top 10. Amazon's at the top. They're worth $249 billion. That's yep. just the brand. That's not assets, inventory, real estate, anything else. That's just the brand. Wow. So build your brand. Trademarks are very valuable, but you got to make sure you get federal trademarks. Business owners will go start their business and they'll get their state trademark, but they never check the federal database to make sure that federal trademark is is available. So they'll be in business 5, 10, 15 years. And all of a sudden I've seen this happen where they'll receive a system assist letter and they have to stop using that name. They'll go to GoDaddy and say, bam, I got that domain. I can use that name. But they never check the federal database, so they can't use it. So then they have to they have to start all over. And the hardest yep. thing in business is branding. So go get that federal trademark. It's only fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. The second thing that's very important is patents. If you got something that's really unique, get it patented. Every single investor on Shark Tank always asks the same questions. Do yep. you have a patent on that? Do you have a patent pending? You know, in fact, when they make an offer, they make it contingent upon the patent, right? So yep. patents are huge. Contracts are also really big. Manufacturing contracts, distribution, vendor contracts, exclusive and franchise or contracts, extremely valuable. The most valuable of all contracts are client contracts because buyers want to make sure that they're buying a business that has revenue flowing in. Now, those contracts that have reoccurring revenue or subscription model are really valuable and will get yeah. a much higher multiple. Yeah. Databases are big. You can be losing money and still sell your company and make money. Facebook paid $19 billion for WhatsApp. And WhatsApp wow. was hemorrhaging. They weren't just not making money. They were hemorrhaging. And they paid $19 billion because Facebook had a, I'm, I'm sorry, WhatsApp had a synergy that Facebook wanted to buy. 
And that was a billion users. Yep. So what are your synergies? You know, identify your synergies. That's what we do when we evaluate businesses. We, I, we help business owners identify what those synergies are. Celebrity endorsements. We have a client whose products are endorsed by Oprah. That's huge. Synergistic yeah. competitive buyers will want to pay more money for that company because they want to get their products in front of Oprah. Celebrity endorsements, radio personalities, huge because they can only endorse one vertical at a time. Right. You know, Jennifer Aniston is the spokesperson for Avino. Mm-hmm. You don't see her doing any other skincare because she loses credibility. <laughs> Same thing with radio personalities. They do one diet, one skincare, one children's education plan. So that's what we call prime real estate because those positions are hard to get. Celebrity endorsements are very hard to get. And then um, for my e-commerce businesses, anytime you can get in the top three positions on Amazon, Wayfair, Etsy, you know, those are huge value drivers. So this is proprietary. Build your proprietary assets, you will build your value. The fifth P is patrons. So patrons is your customer base. Many business owners follow the 80-20 rule, right? 80% of their business comes from 20% of their clients. Well, if you lose a client, you have a few clients, you can be in big trouble. We once yep. had a, a media company we were selling and they have five clients. We're selling for in the $10 million range, five clients. And the reason for that is because they dealt with five big casinos, the biggest casinos, but they lost two during the sales process. So their revenues dropped in half, their sales dropped in half, their, their EBITDA dropped in half. They were not sellable anymore. So uh -oh. I ended up merging them with another company. So customer, you know, you want to make sure you have customer diversification rather than customer concentration. And then the last P, the most important P to all of us is profits. We're all in business to make money, not lose money. But lack of profits is never, ever the problem. It's always a symptom of not operating on one of the other five P's. I have clients that come to me and say, Michelle, I have a profits problem. I'm like, no, you have a people problem. <laughs> or no, you have yeah. a process problem. Yep. So that's the six P's. If you are operating on all five P's, I can promise you, you will be very profitable. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny because from a productivity perspective, the foundation, we call it four P's, but our four P's, your six P's are very different on a very different level for creatives, our four P's and some of there's some similarities, but to me, it's like, they mean different things. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I know at the heart of all of this is, is like our first P like your P is people. If you don't know how to communicate based on psychology, based on how first understanding how people perceive you as a leader. Mm -hmm. And then like, I've had to learn how to communicate to people the way they need to hear it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always like, the first P is like people, but it's like the psychology of the makeup of the people so that you're hiring people for their strengths. I don't care about your weaknesses. I want to know what drives you. And that is so important. For our second P is processes, but it's all about paperless processes and technology and like making mm -hmm. sure that your processes are in the cloud. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, like a lot of people, they don't even know what SOPs are. 
And I'm like, well, if you are going to have a notebook, that's great. Or if it's in your head, get it out of your head, put it in a notebook, but then also put it in the cloud. Make sure that you have everything in a, even, even a Google doc is fine or in Dropbox, but make sure things are paperless. And then productivity is our third P. But when I talk about productivity, I'm talking about software and automation, a hundred percent automation, which is only speaking to the businesses that really can automate some of their processes. You Mm. still need the people to automate the processes, but people get so overwhelmed because there's so many different platforms out there. They don't know what's right for them. And then number four is profit. If you're not making a profit, why the hell are you doing it? We work with so many people that, and a lot of them are women and they're passionate. And it's almost like they feel bad for charging because they're making money doing something they love. So they never take the time to sit down and figure out, okay, what do you mean overhead? And what do you mean? I need to make sure that I can pay myself before I pay other people. Mm. And so there's this huge misconception. So I see like our piece, like, being the very stepping stone of the foundation of beginning a business and then build, 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 build. And then you guys can go to exit rich and follow those P's because they mean something very different when you're starting a business. It's all about the mindset and setting it up. But if, if someone's starting something and they read exit rich and they can at least have the mindset and know, like, we've got to have the people in the processes And some of these things, some of the words you were saying 10 years ago, I didn't know what that meant because no one taught me Mm -hmm. until I joined an entrepreneur organization. And I would just be like, okay, I know you guys are going to make fun of me and call me dumb blonde, but what does that mean? (laughs) So I'm over here Googling it. Like, I didn't even understand the difference between like net and profit. You know, I had to have an accountant sit down and educate me on all this. And so it's okay to not know, but like ask. And you want to learn. And there's people like you who are out there teaching people what they need to know to be successful, because I'm not learning this in school by any means. Like this isn't the easy part, but if you have the mindset from the very foundation of starting a business, I feel like people would be able to sell their business. Like you said, for so much more, Mm -hmm. but it's like they're, they don't understand the bottom line of, I need all these things to make sure that my business is actually really sellable. Is there one more piece of advice or guidance? If someone's thinking about selling their business and really exiting, would you tell them to contact someone like yourself? Or I don't know if, if it's called like an agent or, you know, someone to represent you to actually go sell your business, right? It's kind of like real estate. If you're going to sell your house, hire a real estate agent or put it on the market yourself. And I'm like, Oh my God, hire an agent. Like, I'm not going to do any of that myself. I don't know what I'm doing. So I know that there's pros and cons. People think that, but why would someone want to not sell it themselves? Well, selling a house, (laughs) you know, I could sell my house myself. Selling a house is not that difficult. Selling a business. It's kind of like, if you need heart surgery, you're going to pull out your heart cut your chest up and pull out your heart and operate on your own heart. No, right. Business is your most valuable asset. You would never want to risk that. And most business owners know how to run their business or experts at their business, but they have no idea how to sell it. Yeah. They have no idea how to do evaluations. 
They have no idea, you know, how to identify those synergies. They don't know how to, they don't even know there's five different types of buyers and they have no idea to identify what buyers are willing to pay more, how to create a bidding war, you know. Um, so they really don't know any of that. You really have to hire a mergers and acquisitions master intermediary. If you're trying to sell a business, I would say 5 million and up. If you're trying to sell a small business, you can maybe go to a business broker. I would always encourage y'all to, you know, everybody to call Seller Tucker <laughs> because yeah. we've been doing this for 20 years. We probably, we have, you know, most experience in the industry and we probably have, well, we do have the largest data buyer, buyer database in the industry and read exit rich. And here's the deal. You might think you're ready to sell, but then when we do an evaluation, you know, and this is what typically happens is a business owner says, oh, well, I want $10 million for my company. Well, their business is really worth maybe $2 million. We're nowhere close to that. Mm -hmm. So you might want to sell, but you're nowhere close to where you need to be in order to retire. Yeah. So you really need to start that process now and start the STGPS exit model now, which is number one, you, you got to determine your end game. Determine your destination. When you drive somewhere, the first thing you do is you pull out Google Map, you plug in your destination. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to drive around in circles. Same yeah. thing with business owners. If they don't plug in their destination, then they're going to drive around in circles, drive up, up and down the financial hills to end up nowhere or end up broke, <laughs> you know, exiting poor, not mm -hmm. exiting rich. Then on a GPS exit model, you need to know where you're starting from. What is your current location? What's your current evaluation? What is your business worth right now? Most business owners make the huge mistake of never having a business evaluation. You should get a business evaluation every single year because there are events that increase valuation and events like COVID that decrease business evaluation. So you need to know where your business stands every year. So Really follow the GPS exit model. Say, you know what? My destination is $10 million. I want to sell for $10 million. Great. You got a number. Number two, where am I worth today? I'm worth $2 million. What's my time frame? I want to sell in 10 years. The next thing you need to know, well, who are my buyers going to be? You never want to have one buyer. I have sellers call me all the time and say, Michelle, I have a buyer. I just need you to represent me. And I'm like, no, because we need to put it on a market because I can yep. promise you this buyer is probably going to fall through yeah. and you have no backup buyers. Plus, how can you maximize the, the, the price of your business if there's no competition? Yeah. Right? So, so once you determine that I want to sell for $10 million, I'm worth $2 million, I want to do this in, in 10 years and know who your buyers are going to be. There's five types of buyers. It's not going to be a first-time buyer because they buy small businesses. It's not going to be a turnaround specialist because they buy distressed assets. So it's going to be either a private equity group, a strategic or a competitor, and they typically pay the highest multiple because they're buying those synergies, or a serial entrepreneur that buys, that, that they're industry agnostic and they buy EBITDA, they buy cash flow. And then the last step in that GPS exit model is know your why, you know, if it was easy to sell business for $10 million, everybody would be doing it. Yep. Your why is going to be powerful enough, strong enough to keep you motivated, to keep you in the game. So helpful. So helpful. So many things to just think about as, as you're sitting here, as you're sitting here saying like every year, I'm like, oh shit, I should probably go back and do that because <laughs> the time gets away from you so quickly. Well, time does get away because business owners, again, Get stuck doing the day-to-day. -day. Business owners have to learn 
to focus on their strengths, hire their weaknesses, focus on their strengths, hire their weaknesses. And yep. if you don't do that, you're always going to be stuck in a job that you've created yourself versus a business that, that actually works for you. So let me just tell you a couple of things about Exit Rich. My co-author is Sharon Lecter, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. Awesome book. So she's a New York Times bestselling author five times, a CPA, financial literacy expert, and the advisor to many different presidents. Steve Forbes has also endorsed Exit Rich, calling it a goldmine for entrepreneurs as so many entrepreneurs leave too much money on the table. And then Kevin Harrington, our very own original Shark Tank, Gave, wrote the foreword for Exit Rich. So you can go get Exit Rich at exitrichbook.com. The book launches in June, but we're in pre-sale. So you can buy it now at exitrichbook.com for $24.79. We will email you the digital download so you can start reading it today. Like that other gentleman I told you about at the beginning of the show, you know, he said it's already changed his business. So you can start reading it today. Then we'll ship the hardcover to anyone in the United States for no additional fee. Plus, we will give you a lifetime membership to the Exit Rich Book Club where there's video content and me doing deep dive trainings. And there's documents, documents to operate your business, documents to sell your business. So sample employee handbook, sample non-compete, sample org charts, um, letter of intents, purchase agreements, closing docs, due diligence checklist. All these documents would cost over $30,000 if you try to recreate them with an attorney. They're there for your review and for your download. Plus, we get we will also give you a 30-day free membership into Club CEOs, which is a uh, entrepreneur man- mastermind that we started in which to help business owners build those sustainable, scalable, and sellable businesses. That's amazing. Y'all, check it all out. It'll all be in the show notes. A lot of our people like drive while they commute and listen. I'm like, don't wreck, don't pull over. We'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) So this was all super helpful. You guys go and get Exit Rich and really get your mindset right so that you don't sell poor. You want to sell rich. And Michelle, thank you so much for being here today. This is awesome. Thank you. And then also wanted to tell your listeners that they could text Michelle to 888-528-5750. All of my social media pops up plus my websites and they can follow me on social media, connect with me on LinkedIn. Plus our main website is solartucker.com if they need some assist. That's amazing. All thank right, you guys. for having me. Awesome. Thank you for so much for your time and everybody that's listening. Thank you so much for tuning in and be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye guys. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done. Would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember, the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.